Welcome back to After Office Hours. Kayla and I and the rest of the sales team and the sales leadership team had a very exciting past weekend. We are recording this on a Monday and we just got back the other day from our first in-person sales competition uh, of the year, which was the Great Northwoods sales competition in Eau Claire at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Um, it was awesome. We were so excited to be in person. Um, we, I actually went along as an alternate slash assistant coach. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time just helping the team prep, but we were there. It was the leadership team, which you've met before. So myself, Carrie, Kayla Nelson, Justin Clark, and Joe Wilson, the three of them competed. They were amazing. It was so much fun. We got to kind of got pampered while we were there and, yeah. Um, it was a it was a really good experience, but since I personally was not competing, I'm going to let Kayla talk about her experience a little bit. And basically, we just we want to share with you how valuable it is to one just get involved, like we've talked about, but especially with something like sales team and sales competitions because it truly was an amazing experience, and you can get so so much from it. So, Kayla, let's let's hear what you have to say. Yes, seniors who are listening. It is not too late for you to jump on board this opportunity of what's called a sales competition. Freshmen who are listening, jump on this opportunity now. Sales competitions are an amazing way to get involved and further yourself, uh, both professionally and academically, and also have your network absolutely explode. I know over this weekend, over the 48 hours that we were there, I gained so many new connections with companies and with other students and really and beyond that too further furthered my connections with my fellow sales team leaders. We are definitely coming out of this closer than we went in for sure. Not that we weren't close already, but <laughs> um but no, the the overall experience for the sales competition, it's truly a great way to get your feet wet or to cannonball fully into the sales world and get a taste for what salespeople do on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's really not just for sales majors either. We actually had Joe Wilson with us, who he's a double major in analytics and sales, and he was our champion from UMD this weekend. So you don't have to be a full salesperson to be in on this. Uh, so overall, what happened? There was two rounds of selling. So the first round, we were Hormel CPS customer executives. And we sold to Smith's Foods in the second round and UNFI, who was a wholesale distributor, in the first round. And it was really, both rounds were about finding those needs, identifying them and catering to their needs with how our product could be of benefit to them, all that good sales stuff. And uh, leading up to it, I mean, we had, how long were we prepping for this? It was like a month, month and a half. I'd say about that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like too long. No, but it was it was a lot of time in that in that one month that was put forth. Yeah, it was um, leading up to it. There was yeah a lot a lot of back end work, a lot of prep work. I mean, you have to read the case, understand it. Um, Joe, who I mentioned earlier, he was our analytics guy, so he helped us pull some numbers. And uh, Justin Clark, who was the other competitor, he's also a phenomenal salesperson. So the, between the three of us, plus Carrie, who is just a phenomenal salesperson herself, uh, we pulled together a grand case to present to our sellers 
And I mean, we're talking everything from like the presentation to what questions you're going to ask to the visuals. It goes on and on and on. So I guess my biggest takeaway from this weekend too is probably uh, you can really sell anything. I mean, this was my fourth sales competition. I've sold everything from insurance to uh, charcuterie meat to taco sauce and uh, a couple other items in between there too. (laughs) So definitely a good thing to get involved with though. And you get to meet a lot of uh, potential employers. Yes. And this... My biggest takeaway, I had never done a sales competition before this, and it truly, it's basically as realistic as you can get. Mm-hmm. Like, we were working, there were people there from Hormel, there were pr- people there from UNFI, and those were the people basically that wrote the case, that were involved in the case. So actually do what we were doing, we were acting as sellers to a buyer, and there are people that are actually sellers for Hormel mm-hmm. there. So it it's really as realistic of a yeah. fake experience that you can get. And it, it was just, it was really cool to watch the team practice. It was really cool to hear their feedback. And I know they all absolutely killed it. And it was, it was a lot of work and it definitely paid off and they're all very impressive. So it was really, it was a really fun experience, but yeah, I think if, if you can get involved with it, not many people across the entire country are able to get involved mm-hmm. in something like this. So we at UMD are very lucky to have this program that we have. And if you're able to get involved, take advantage of it. Yes. I think, I think that's all. I think, we, I think we pushed it enough here. And if you mm-hmm. guys ever have any questions about this or comments or just want to learn a little bit more about what being in a sales competition, because I mean, I know at least a couple of years back, I would have no clue what that even mm-hmm. meant. We are happy to talk about it yes. and give you some insight and explain why it's so awesome. Yes. All right, so with that, we're going to send you off to our recording with our amazing guest this week. I mean, they've all been amazing, but recent... First UMD alumni. First UMD alumni. Well, yeah, yeah. First recently graduated UMD yes. alumni. Yes. Sorry. Recent UMD alumni. <laughs> all right. Good luck and good listening. <laughs> My sophomore year of college, um, I met John Kratz for the first time. When I went up into his office, I saw the name Molly Arbuckle plastered everywhere. Like it was on whiteboards, post-it notes, papers. And uh, with Molly's name, there was this initiative called Sales Club and Sales Major for UMD. And uh, at the time, I had no idea how immensely each of these two initiatives would impact hundreds of thousands of students' professional careers for the better. All I knew is I wanted to be like Molly Arbuckle, immersed in UMD and important initiatives with a credible reputation among peers, faculty, and connections. Molly, we are so excited to have you, to have such a highly regarded, recently graduated bulldog on with us today. Thank you, and what an introduction that <laughs> I thank you. I appreciate it. I don't think I could have done that any better. So um, <laughs> I love that. And Kayla, I remember meeting you. Like you reached out to me, and we got coffee, and so that was like a great first introduction. And I love how you grown the sales club um, with your fearless leaders and teams um, since I've been gone. So it's been great to see. Yes, and uh, thank you for starting it up as well. Yeah, I'm going to pass it to Carrie here actually to talk about starting up Sales Club. And yeah, Carrie, what do you have? Yeah, for sure. Well, 
obviously Kayla has some big shoes to fill after you left the sales club, but she's, <laughs> yeah. I can speak to it. She's done an awesome job and you definitely left a good okay. path for her. But I think just to kick us off here, we'd love to hear a little bit more about just in general, your path at UMD, whether that be just school-wise, you know, what you went to school for, or if that changed or anything. And then, like Kayla said, you had a very heavy involvement with the professional sales major, with the sales club. So kind of jump into that a little bit, into and how you how you got involved with that and what that looked like. Yeah. Um, I decided I wanted to do business. I couldn't think of anything else that would, like, fit my passions as well. Mm-hmm. And I knew there's, like... In the world of business, there's a ton of endless avenues to go through. So that was like a big thing for me. And I mean, LSB is like one of the coolest buildings at UMD. So it's always fun to be around in. Um, The environment was just amazing. The energy was high. Um, People were always, you know, seemed like they were involved in so many different activities. So that was a big push for me to want to just explore what was out there. Um, And... I decided to go into the marketing route. Um, I had a class with John Kratz, Marketing 101. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's gone through that at some point in their career. Um, and that's kind of what drove me to continue to take the marketing path at the time there wasn't a sales major. So I got connected with John Kratz like, right away and he kind of helped me guide what options I could go through. Um, and knowing John Kratz and his love for sales, he he sold me. I drank the juice. I went on the sales route and um, I won't look back on that. That was probably one of the best decisions I could have made in my college career was to have a focus on sales. So yeah, fast forward a couple of years, I took specific classes in sales. And at the time there was just a sales certificate. So I took all the, all of the three classes you could take. Um, and then senior year, Kratz approached me with the sales major um, and said, you know, do you want to be, be a part of the sales major? Like, is this something I was like, well, I've already taken all the classes for it. So technically <laughs> am I a sales major already? So it kind of just fell in my lap and then, which was awesome because then I was able to take like a couple other classes in marketing that I was still interested in. So I was able to like get that balance. Um, and then he approached me after that about sales club and, um, if you all know John Kratz or have heard of Kratz, he is like the idea generator and will never stop dreaming and always shoots for the stars, which is really great. And he wants all the students to like help with that. So he reached out to me about being a part of the sales club and how he wanted to start that. And he needed a president. And I was like, how are we going to go about like finding a president? And he's like, well, I can just dedicate you as the interim president for the year, which was like very humbling of him to ask me and for um, him to want me to be a part of that. So we started the journey with sales club and it was from the ground up my senior year. So what was that like 2019 to 2020? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's when it launched. So um, great that I was able to like be a part of those endeavors with Kratz and he's was definitely one of the mentors throughout my college experience. So, yes, yeah. Kratz is just, he's awesome. I know every single, well, now senior that knew Kratz when we were sophomores, just you say Kratz and they know who you're talking about just because he's yeah. just been so involved in everyone's careers and career mm-hmm. launches such as yours. 
Uh, can you touch on a little bit about yeah. your first sales role, kind of what that looked like and yeah. how the transition was from UMD classes into that sales role? Yeah. Um, I started my internship at 3M my junior year um, when I was in field sales. So that's where it led to my first full-time career job after college, um, which is crazy to think about. And so, yeah, I was in field sales. I interned. I was based out in New York, which was a time and a half. Um, I had the best experience out there with an amazing company. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to continue my journey with sales. And so I... Moved along to senior year, the pandemic happened um, and transitions happened. So I wasn't able to continue the field sales role, but later on I found another opening with 3M for an inside sales position. So I decided to take it. Um, I knew it would be a good challenge. Um, I also was like very aware that this is not gonna be my forever job in this role. From the beginning, I wanted to start there and to see where I could go, whether it was Mm -hmm. at the time within 3M, a different company, how I could explore and grow. Um, so yeah, it was a great start. And some of the things that I would say I took from my first inside sales role experience and thought about how college has impacted that would be obviously all the sales classes. But at the same time, I felt like my internships, yes, they had value. But the biggest value to me was that I was pushing myself in college and mm-hmm. like different challenges or endeavors. So whether it was doing the scariest thing and starting a sales club and not knowing if this was going to be a big success or a fail, or it was taking a really challenging class where I didn't think I was going to pass, you know, to the expectation I wanted to. Um, So being able to like build those almost like adversity moments that I was able to overcome, I think that's what had helped me grow and stay confident in my sales position um, while I was at 3M. So it was, it was almost like, not to say that the classes didn't benefit because they definitely did, but it was, you know, the outcomes and the experiences that I had within my classes or within clubs that drove me to stay afloat. And I, I know from personal experience too, Molly, that uh, your involvement here at UMD definitely like literally and figuratively paid off. I remember one of the other times I had first met you was at a scholarship dinner and you're talking about yeah. your experience with 3M and being out in New York. And mm-hmm. I, as a sophomore, was just, I was sitting there wondering what can't this girl do? Yeah. Like, she's <laughs> everywhere, like in every initiative there is at LSB, just crazy. <laughs> And I think that we can take note, listeners here, of like how important <laughs> it is to get involved. Yes. Because I think yeah. that's something we want to hear from you because especially like Kayla's been awesome at being involved ever since she started here at UMD. But I recently <laughs> just got more involved and unfortunately like I'm graduating soon and I wish I would yeah. have done that sooner. So 100%, yeah. like, I think you are a perfect image for that so of good. how important it is to push yourself to do something besides just your classes because it's it's going to yeah. pay off and obviously you had a kind of a even bigger level experience because you were starting a whole new basically working with crafts to get this program mm-hmm. rolling get the club going and things like that so you had a you had a big position there but just any little position I think that you can take on yes. is yeah. is huge mm-hmm. totally and 
I would say like to anyone who is like, you know, freshman or sophomore, just like, I remember being a freshman. I was so scared and intimidated at some days I'd walk in. I'd see people dressed up in suits, older people who were, you know, presenting something or they were standing out in the cafe in LSBE and they were, you know, talking or sharing. And I think the more you can force yourself to get out of that comfort zone for those little moments, um, it will pay off. Um, but yes. it's not the easiest thing to do. And I think we're, that's our own journey for us. We're all continuing to find ways to reach outside of our comfort zones. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't just happen overnight. Definitely not comfort zone to growth zone. That's we're still preaching that today, by the way, we yeah. kept some of those original <laughs> slides from sales club. So that, that's living on here. One of your many uh, legacies. Can you, okay. So touching a little bit more on your transition from 3M Frontline to Mm full-time. We now know that you are at Ovative Group as Mm -hmm. a social media analyst. Mm -hmm. What's that current position like for you? Yeah. Um, People would say it's like a 180 change from my inside sales role to now. Some days I would say yes. And other days I think I would be like, no, there, there's similar roles that I've taken from my inside sales position or just past sales experience that I still utilize day in and day out. Um, I'd say right now with Ovative Group, my day-to-day involves project-based um, insights and analysis. Mm-hmm. So that's like the root of what I do. Um, I am on the social media side of things, working with Facebook and Pinterest, Snapchat to make sure people see ads who want to see ads and can go to the store and buy, um, which is just a unique experience in itself. Um, but aside from that is knowing I'm working with a client every day. So I knew when I was going to push myself into a new role, I didn't want to leave the client interaction. I still wanted to have like some client experience or, you know, client interaction, work with them to solve challenges. And I meet with my client twice a week at at the least um, Mm -hmm. and many different team members within our clients um, group. So it's very interactive. We're doing meaningful work for them. And I think sales is like carried over through that um, because we have those conversations whenever we connect with them on negotiating skills. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing's a big, you know, that's a big thing. We propose our recommendations and then we're going to listen and hear what they have for feedback and how we can come to a conclusion. At the end of the day, we're partners with our client. They chose us. We chose them to work together. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, any of the clients that Ovative could leave us the next day. So it's a continuous sales journey with them mm-hmm. we've like closed the deal and we work with them but they could leave us at any moment which is the inevitable in the sales world as well so that like unknown that fear and that challenge of like knowing I need to step up my bar every time I have a conversation with them um is real um mm-hmm. and it happens because I'm working with them all the time mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it's a different type of challenge and like sales in a sense um but it's not what you would consider classic sales right you know cold calling or meeting clients every day so just another great example too of how sales really is everywhere and you don't need to be an inside sales field sales key account management or something like that to 
yeah, utilize a sales major or sales experience too. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I think we've been preaching a ton the beginning of the semester, trying to recruit yes. people to get to the sales. Yeah. So I was kind of saying, like you said, people think it's a complete 180 from your two positions, but no, you're mm-hmm. doing sales in, in some way, yeah. shape or form in a lot of the different things you're doing. So I think that's great totally. for people to hear that you went to school for that. You mm-hmm. got a career in that and you changed it up a little bit and you're still using those skills, but in a totally different way. Yeah. Well, yeah, well exactly. What was yeah. your ideal career path out of college? Mm-hmm. I know you said sales, but um, I mean, sitting here, you graduated what, two years ago? Yeah. Wow. So how, <laughs> yeah, what's, how, what did that look like when you were in college and how has that changed now that you're um, on the flip side of things? Yeah. I think even from like being in college and like what I dreamed about and what I wanted and now thinking about that two years ago, Yes, it's changed in some ways. I think I still have similar end goals, but I've given myself some like slack on like being so strict on maybe what I want. So to take it back in college, I 100%, I was going to be in sales. I was going to work for, you know, big Fortune 500 company. It's what I wanted to do when I wanted to work my way to the top and become a director. That was kind of like where I wanted. Um, you get in when you get into your career path and you start it, sometimes it's not, you know, what you expected or you think maybe it's not going to, you're not going to be able to get to that director route by a staying at one company or um, yeah, staying in the roles that you're in. You're not going to get there maybe as fast as you want or how you want to. So I really learned, you know, quickly that as what are we Gen Z now? I think mm-hmm. that's yeah, something, like that. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, people talk about us a lot and how we're very independent and selfish, but I think that is a good quality that we have is that we know when we need to make that decision to better ourselves and to grow and improve. Um, we're a either going to leave a company, b ask for a promotion, and we will have you know factual information on why we deserve a promotion. Um, or see, we're going to start something new. So um, I think that's very valuable and what I've taken for myself and to hold myself to those standards of what I know I can do and how I can still improve. Um, So yeah, I would still say long story short, I would love to eventually maybe get back into the sales realm of things in the future, um, whether it's with Ovative or a different company, Um, but maybe it's more strategic sales um, focused with higher level, um, higher, let's see, strategic and uh, intellectual projects that we're working on. And it's big deals that maybe take six months to a year to develop Mm -hmm. and close the deal on. Um, so that would be like, ideally where I'd want to end up in some sort of like director position, um, with that. So still a director, but just maybe a different route. I'm like taking myself on, which is the fun unknown about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the beauty of being uh, young and successful in your career is that the opportunities (laughs) are unlimited. And Molly, I think we share kind of an, I, or a similar career path goal to mm-hmm. as I really want to be in like a management position, director, mm-hmm. top dog, 
somewhere. Uh, yes. I guess we'll just kind of wait and see where uh, what lies ahead here in the next couple of months. Yes, uh, I'm excited to see where you both end up. <laughs> yes, uh, we are too. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've elaborated a lot on wanting to succeed and be a director or like oversee, move up, and you're going to move mm-hmm. diagonal, sideways, across, jump, ship, get on another one, do whatever it takes to <laughs> yeah. get to that position. Yes. How, how are you making yourself stand apart in your job right now? Or how can we as students, when we do graduate, make ourselves stand apart to do similar initiatives like what you want to do? Yeah. I was actually, I had my six month check-in today with my mm. job and we were like just talking about this. And oh, nice. I think one thing is I have a great relationship with my manager. Um, she's phenomenal. So that helps. And it's hard because you can't control that all the time. But if you do have a manager where you, you know, click with, jive with, you feel like that sense of trust is to be open, even if it's not your manager, maybe it's your manager's boss too. Like there's situations like that or a counterpart um, that has a higher level title position than you do. Um, The biggest thing I've taken away from my past roles and now into this is to be as transparent as possible with my managers, my manager's bosses, et cetera. I'm here, I'm, I wanna learn and I wanna excel in this role. And when I do, and when we both feel comfortable that I'm ready to take the next step, I want to get promoted and I'm going to work to get promoted. So I think that's one thing for me that um, I wish I would have thought more about in college too. And like, how how can I build my confidence there? Cause it's, it's not the easiest thing to talk to your manager about like, Someday I'm going to be a director and I'm going to kick ass at being a director. Yes. So, and that's hard to talk about. And I think it should be talked about more when people get into their roles to, to share. They, no manager or person should expect you to stay in the same role that you're in for the rest of your life. Otherwise you're going to leave. I mean, it's, it's unrealistic. So um, holding yourself like to that standard. And having that conversation with your managers from the get-go is huge. Believe and you shall achieve. (laughs) Essentially, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, And having that, I think having relationships is huge. And like you Mm -hmm. touched on is being honest and Mm -hmm. with what you want, what your goals are. And I think when you're Mm -hmm. picking a company or you're going to be with someone, you want a company that's going to support your goals. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. only way that they're going to be able to support them is if you're open and honest about what those are so that they can help you. So I think that gives them like, like in sales, you want them to trust you. Mm -hmm. So they're going to, if if you're honest with them, they're going to trust you. They want to see that eagerness that you're you're not comfortable where you're at that you really do want to do the best you can for them and Mm -hmm. so I think that's you just that's definitely great advice just right there but beyond that is there any specific advice there's more high level Uh here but we want to we want (laughs) to hear everything you have to say that you can give people like Kayla and I um or underclassmen as well that you're either graduating this fall or spring or have a couple Mm -hmm. years left um, that are planning to enter into a corporate career? What what advice do you have for us? Yeah, great question. I don't know if I'll be able to answer it perfectly, loaded but I'll question. give it a shot. Yes, loaded there's no There's no perfect answer. <laughs> so many routes I could take this. Um, I think just thinking back on like 
college and for myself and like my first job and relating maybe some mistakes I've made and to like give to the next um, generation of students going into their first job is know from the beginning that as I touched on this earlier, you're not tied to a company for the rest of your life. So the cool thing about your first job is you're there to like explore, learn, ask questions. It's almost like you're in your first relationship with someone. Sometimes it works out and that's amazing. Most of the time it doesn't. (laughs) So you're, cause you're figuring out how you can partner with your relationship and work together. Um, And you might have different interests at the end. So I think that's my biggest takeaway is I, I beat myself up for maybe wanting to leave on my first job. But if I didn't do that, I think I wouldn't be as successful as I am now and confident in what I do now and feeling the values that I wanted to feel that I wasn't quite getting at my previous job. So, and also know that um, just because someone loves one job doesn't mean that another person will love that job the same as well in the same role in the same company. Everyone has different goals and different fits. So um, be open-minded to explore, whether it's knowing that you can hold out for a couple years and you're going to get promoted to a new role in your company or explore and continue to network. Um, I still network to this day and I have a job. So you never know when you're going to get laid off as a sad reality is, or um, the job's going to company's going to tank. So those big things is open-minded. Know it's your first job you have forever. And what was the last thing I said? Network, continue to network. So I always got to put that plug in. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. And I think that's another huge piece that I think we're dealing with as well as we don't have to be settling and thinking that we're going to be stuck with this one company forever. You can move and you can change, but that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So I think you touched on here that um, (laughs) you were unsure about making this change and you seemed like you were doing the wrong thing Mm -hmm. for a little bit, but what ultimately gave you that motivation to make that change? Like it couldn't have been easy to do, but Mm -hmm. I think that I think a lot of people are going to be feeling that same thing. So what kind of gave you that one last push that was like, you know, I can do this. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. I think there were a couple of things that fell into place. Family was like the biggest thing for me. I made sure to, you know, continuously, maybe probably over the top, talk to my family about making the decision. Um, Excuse me. And then the other two pieces was I actually had a very supportive coworker, which this doesn't happen all the time. So I don't know if I'd recommend it fully, but <laughs> if you feel comfortable, I had a coworker who we started the same day and she, I, I was able to lean into her and kind of talk about how I was feeling, where I wanted to go next. And she was so supportive. So that made me kind of relax about it's mm-hmm. okay if I move to a new path. And I also knew that I could come back to 3M. I can still come back. I left that door with 3M still open. I still mm-hmm. created that honest and you know transparent relationship with them where I wasn't basically saying, screw you, I'm leaving. So um, even if you're with a company where you don't think you'll come back, I never say never. And it's the best advice I could give is to keep that door open because you never know Mm -hmm. when you might want to make that change back. So that was kind of the final 
push on, okay, I'm going to be okay. And I'm able to move on to this next job. Mm -hmm. No, kind of like never burning bridges either. Yes. You never want. Yeah. Yep. Ties back into networking too. You never, you just, your network should always be growing. You shouldn't shrink Mm -hmm. it ever. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe some very specific situations, but yeah. Anyways, with saying, or with leaving a company and leaving the door open, Mm -hmm. How do you suggest possibly going about for listeners who have multiple eggs in their basket right now? They've done a really good job of networking with all like several different companies and they've got several on the line. How do you say no to a place that you've invested in and still keep that relationship open? Yeah, this is another hard question. <laughs> I, I, can, I can attest to, I'm sure, a lot of you and everyone is feeling that right now, especially senior year. First of all, I want to say to whoever has like more than one job opportunities on the line, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like that's, that's amazing. You're, that's a good thing. Um, people want you and know that people want you, even if you only have one job on the line, like people want you. So um, that's a big accomplishment in itself. Um, I think I actually had two job offers on the line when I was looking for my first full-time job. And so I weighed out like pros and cons and what would benefit me first starting out in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to tell a company no. And I was so scared. I cried the night before I was shaking. I was like, I'm never going to be able to, you know, reach out to them again if I want to transfer and work with them. Um, but know that everyone 95 to 99% of the time is really happy with the decision that you'll make. Um, phrasing it in ways that like, you know, this was the best fit for me starting out my journey. This is, you know, where I feel like I can grow and learn and some key reasons maybe why. And then, you know, talking with the person that you're saying no to and, I, I want to keep in touch for future opportunities. You never know when I want to make a change. Mm-hmm. Conversations like that, I think people love to hear. Um, if you feel that way, if you feel mm-hmm. that it could be a possibility to move, you know, into that company in the future. Yeah. And from what I've yeah. seen, you touch on this a little bit is mm-hmm. they want the best for you ultimately. Yeah. And if you're not hundred percent in and you're yeah. leaning towards another one, they don't want you to go with them just because you feel bad. Yeah. yeah. They, they, exactly. you're not going to be able to do your best work if that's right. the way. And they, they probably don't want you as much either then because they're going to say, if you yeah. can't, if you can't give it to me, then, yeah. then you're better off with someone else and maybe we can retouch in the future. So definitely totally. an important thing to look at. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Molly, just to wrap up the podcast here for today, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, I, I know Carrie and I have picked up a lot of advice and insight from you as seniors about to be graduated. Yes. What is a question that you'd like our next guest to answer? And then can you answer that question yourself? Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) So my next question, and this is probably because I'm in the digital world now, digital marketing world. But my next question would be in the sense of um, how has digital media digital marketing, how has that impacted maybe college students in trying to network and find jobs, um, especially over COVID? Um, how has that improved or how has that hindered with the past couple of years with just the 
growth and need for the digital space to be successful um, for students. So that's my question in a nutshell. Um, curious how it's been, especially for employers, how has it been too on both sides? So mm -hmm. I've got a great question. I think we're excited for our next guest to be able to answer <laughs> that question. Cool. <laughs> like we said already, this has been such a pleasure. We yes. are so glad you were able to take some time and now I think our students, it's going to, it's going to help a lot hearing from someone who was in their shoes, not that, or you were in their shoes, not that long ago. So yeah. thank you so much for taking this time. We yeah. are so excited to get this episode out there. And yeah. again, we just really appreciate it. Thank you, Molly. Thank you both ladies. It's been a pleasure to chat with you and I'm excited to see where your career goes in the next year or two. So thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Should I finish it? Yeah.